author's introduction to agamemnon robert browning translation this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by expatriate in bangor maine agamemnon by sophocles translated by robert browning eighteen twelve to eighteen eighty nine introduction may i be permitted to chat a little by way of recreation at the end of a somewhat toilsome and perhaps fruitless adventure if because of the immense fame of the following tragedy i wish to acquaint myself with it and could only do so by the help of a translator i should require him to be literal at every cost save that of absolute violence to our language the use of certain allowable constructions which happening to be out of daily favour are all the more appropriate to archaic workmanship is no violence but i would be tolerant for once in the case of so immensely famous and original of even a clumsy attempt to furnish me with the very turn of each phrase in as greek a fashion as english will bear while with respect to amplifications and embellishments anything rather than with the good farmer experience that most signal of mortifications to gape for aeschylus and get theognis i should especially decline what may appear to brighten up a passage the employment of a new word for some old one panos or megas or telos with its congeners recurring four times in three lines for though such substitution may be in itself perfectly justifiable yet this exercise of ingenuity ought to be within the competence of the unaided english reader if he likes to show himself ingenious learning greek teaches greek and nothing else certainly not common sense if that have failed to precede the teaching further if i obtained a mere strict bold version of thing by thing or at least word pregnant with thing i should hardly look for an impossible transmission of the reputed magniloquence and sonority of the greek and this with the less regret inasmuch as there is abundant musicality elsewhere but nowhere else than in his poem the ideas of the poet and lastly when presented with these ideas i should expect the result to prove very hard reading indeed if it were meant to resemble aeschylus zumbalein ou padias not easy to understand in the opinion of his stoutest advocate among the ancients while i suppose even modern scholarship sympathizes with that early declaration of the redoubtable Salmasius, when looking about for an example of the truly obscure for the benefit of those who found obscurity in the sacred books he protested that this particular play leaves them all behind in this respect with their hebraisms syriasms hellenisms and the whole of such bag and baggage note quote, quis ischilum posit affirmare graeci nunc scienti magis pater explicabilem quam evangelia aut epistolas apostolicas unus eus agamemnon obscuritate superat quantum est librorum sacrorum cum suis hebraismis et syriasmis et tota hellenisticae supelectili vel faragine salmasius de hellenistica epistle dedicatory and note for over and above the purposed ambiguity of the chorus the text is sadly corrupt probably interpolated and certainly mutilated 
and no unlearned person enjoys the scholar's privilege of trying his fancy upon each obstacle whenever he comes to a stoppage and effectually clearing the way by suppressing what seems to lie in it all i can say for the present performance is that i have done as i would be done by if need were should anybody without need honour my translation by a comparison with the original i beg him to observe that following no editor exclusively i keep to the earlier readings so long as sense can be made out of them but disregard i hope little of importance in recent criticism so far as i have fallen in with it fortunately the poorest translation provided only it be faithful though it reproduce all the artistic confusion of tenses moods and persons with which the original teems will not only suffice to display what an eloquent friend maintains to be the all in all of poetry the action of the piece but may help to illustrate his assurance that the greeks are the highest models of expression the unapproached masters of the grand style their expression is so excellent because it is so admirably kept in its right degree of prominence because it is so simple and so well subordinated because it draws its force directly from the pregnancy of the matter which it conveys not a word wasted not a sentiment capriciously thrown in stroke on stroke note poems by matthew arnold preface End note. so may all happen just a word more on the subject of my spelling in a transcript from the greek and there exclusively greek names and places precisely as does the greek author i began this practice with great innocency of intention some six-and-thirty years ago lee hunt i remember was accustomed to speak of his gratitude when ignorant of greek to those writers like goldsmith who had obliged him by using english characters so that he might relish for instance the smooth quality of such a phrase as hapalunitai galene he said also that shelley was indignant at firenze having displaced the dante-esque fiorenza and would contemptuously english the intruder firenze i supposed i was doing a simple thing enough but there has been lately much astonishment at os and us i and oi representing the same letters in greek of a sudden however whether in translation or out of it everybody seems committing the offence although the adoption of u for u still presents such difficulty that it is a wonder how we have hitherto escaped euripides but there existed a sturdy briton who ben jonson informs us wrote the life of the emperor anthony pye whom we now acquiesce in as antoninus pius for with time and patience the mulberry leaf becomes satin yet there is on all sides much profession of respect for what keats called voweled greek consonanted one would expect and in a criticism upon a late admirable translation of something of my own it was deplored that in a certain verse corresponding in measure to the fourteenth of the sixth pythian ode neither professor jebb in his greek nor mr browning in his english could emulate that matchlessly musical gonon idon kaliston andron now undoubtedly seeing her son the fairest of men has more sense than sound to boast of but then would not an italian roll us out rimerando il filiolo bellissimo degli uomini whereat pindar no less than professor jebb and mr browning triakiras oichetai tuchon it is recorded in the annals of art 
that there was once upon a time practising so far north as stockholm a painter and picture cleaner sire of a less unhappy son old muitens and the analyst baron de tesse has not concealed his profound dissatisfaction at old muitens conceit to have himself had something to do with the work of whatever master of eminence might pass through his hands whence it was the baron goes on to deplore that much detriment was done to that excellent piece the recognition of achilles by rubens through the perversity of old muitens who must needs take on him to beautify every nymph of the twenty by the bestowment of a widened eye and an enlarged mouth i at least have left eyes and mouth everywhere as i found them and this conservatism is all that claims praise for what is after all akelustas amistas aoika no neither uncommanded nor unrewarded since it was commanded of me by my venerated friend thomas carlyle and rewarded will it indeed become if i am permitted to dignify it by the prefatory insertion of his dear and noble name r b london october first eighteen seventy seven End of introduction. Recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.